Welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My microphone is off access. Welcome to the Bacash Podcast. My name is Don, and this is Take Three. And my name is Scott, and this is still Take Three. Yeah. We've got more than 13 minutes now. Yeah. I had to format the card. Not format. I had to delete the card, stuff off the card. <sighs> then my microphone was like... Pfft. Well, he got my hopes up because in the beginning he's like, "We got 13 hours." I was like, "Oh, great! We'll That's get, what I, yeah, we might get through Ezekiel 25. I'm not sure." So I, I downloaded all the stuff onto my external hard drive, and I thought I deleted the old stuff off of the card, but I guess I didn't. I must have just left it. So I just deleted the oldest two files. So that might have been Hosea stuff. Oh, oh, wow! That so, is yeah, it holds a lot. I definitely mean, some old man. How long ago was that? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, because if we're in Ezekiel 25 and we haven't had a good year with meeting consistently, so you're talking a couple yeah. years, maybe. I, uh, yeah. Uh, hold on. I can actually yeah. check our site. I know it's at least the old, at least in my old house. Oh, yeah, definitely. So We've only recorded here like a couple of times. That's true. Uh, you don't want to know when we started Ezekiel. <laughs> when did we start Ezekiel? Still looking. Uh, April 2021. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's when I posted it. Oh, okay. So then we probably recorded that at least six months before that. Joel was January. Hosea was... Uh, oh, I forgot. We did do Joel, didn't gosh, we? When did we start Hosea? Were we like... So it was Hosea, then Joel. So we finished Deuteronomy. So as soon as we finished Deuteronomy, we went to Hosea. And then we went to Joel. see when the beginning of Hosea was. And they were like, hey, let's do Ezekiel. You have mail. Someone is at the front door. Someone is at the front door. Somebody has an Alexa. <laughs> and I'm looking at the screen. It's blurry. He's still standing there. Oh, he really is still standing there. Yeah. Huh. I figured it'd be the mailman. Looks like David Crowder. He's coming Oh, in. okay. I know who that is. It is David, but David True. Oh, that's David True. That's David True. That beard, bro. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> uh, Hosea, we started, um, I posted March 18th, 2020. Wow. That was like the beginning of COVID. Because we actually still met pretty consistently during that COVID. Apparently, because we posted March, April, mm. April, May, May. I was much more consistent <laughs> back in the day. Well, well, that's that. That's when you weren't allowed to do anything anyway. Right. So, like, you you know, no sports, no traveling, oh, yeah. no that's anything like that. End of baseball seasons and all that. Stuff yeah. At that time. Ugh. And of yeah. course, we did it masked. Yeah, yeah, in your basement, five yeah. feet apart. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't. I don't think we were very concerned. No. At the beginning of it. Yeah. So or the middle of it, or the end of it, or the. <laughs> Or the now of it? It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll be something new All right. that we'll care about. Russia or monkeypox or... Oh, yeah, I did see monkeypox. Yeah. Or some other weird virus of doom. Mm-hmm. Or Winnie the Pooh from China. Or... See, at this point, the, the news that I get, I just like read the headlines, and I just figure I got everything I need. So... I used to use Twitter as an RSS, essentially. Like, I just had a bunch of, like, news and sports stuff that I followed. Yeah. And uh, I was, like, trying to analyze, like, what would make me, like, quote-unquote doom scroll, like, where uh-huh. I would get stuck on the internet. Yeah. And I was like, I think it might be Twitter. So I killed my Twitter account, and I spent a, 
lot less time on the internet. Wow. And um, I mean, I have the other socials. I have Instagram. I have Facebook. But like once I dropped Twitter, I like know less of the news. I feel fine with it. And I spend less time on the internet. Okay. I mean, I, I do a lot of Reddit stuff. Well, that's not even true anymore. <clears throat> I, I used to have like a bunch of Reddits that I, like subreddits. Uh-huh. And now I kind of stick about three. Wow. Maybe four. Where, where do you get your, because like, I mean, I figure there's not many credible sources out there for news. Like TikTok is the place I go for credible news. Oh, yeah. yeah um, no, no. But like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, I'm trying to think who I followed. I had BBC and then like your, the AP Associated Press. Mm-hmm. Those were the two I followed on Twitter mostly. And they probably clogged up. Not including sports stuff, the majority of my my what I would scroll through. Oh wow! So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have any. Oh, and I had I had this addiction to a while for mm-hmm. a while to like weather. Oh wow! And uh, when I was young, it's long story short. When I was young, I wanted to be a meteorologist because one summer um, we had like massive amounts of severe thunderstorms, mm-hmm. and we had like a tornado watch like every day oh wow and like it's like every evening we'd have these crazy thunderstorms and like once or twice we had tornado warnings and stuff like that so like i was like i want to know how this works so i wanted to be a meteorologist but like that kind of like waned as i got older but i was following like a whole bunch of meteorologists on twitter oh wow um for a while like the local guys yeah like steve raleigh was my homeboy like i I, I would like read and who's the guy from what was his name ken robinson uh, he was really good on Twitter. I okay. followed, so I followed like a bunch of them and a, a couple. Uh, I know people are like, "Who's Ken Robinson?" Uh, he's, <laughs> he's a weather guy in Cincinnati. <laughs> um, I would follow them because they their Twitter stuff would sometimes have other stories and kind of more information about stuff, and I found it fascinating. But nice, you know. Okay, gotta have some sacrifices when you get rid of your Twitter. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think like. Yeah, I don't. I especially this summer, I've been really bad with the news. Where like. I've just been like, eh. Yeah. I do follow the weather a whole lot, you know? Well, because, yeah, we had the weird storms of doom this year. Yeah, and that, and I was like, is it going to rain tomorrow? What am I going to do tomorrow? What yeah. am I going to do today? Oh, it's going to be hot. And that's been the common theme is like, usually in the summer, we do a whole lot more hiking and biking, uh, but it has been too freaking hot to like do anything I, that's not near water. So, we have woods all by our house. Okay. And they kind of offer a reprieve from the heat. Oh. But apparently all the bugs think so too. Okay. So I try and like, I don't like going in them. But we've had chigger bites. Ooh. So many this year. Ooh. <laughs> so many. Uh, we're, so the house I moved into had essentially no yard. And everything that's growing there were natural wild plants. <laughs> Ooh. But also, um, I think that the property might have had uh, dead ash trees on them mm-hmm. and so there's a bunch of like cut down pieces where they ground out the stumps but they left the stuff uh-huh. and that's the kind of habitat that chiggers like okay and so like we'd go like walk through the backyard and suddenly we'd be like all bit up oh, it, was, it. it was obnoxious it got old fast see i live in the city and there are no trees yeah um okay there's a tree here and there but like really we're not going to get I'll much reprieve <laughs> well see that's fine sarah will hate you no, um yeah. because i don't get bitten Itchy. I just sit out there and nothing bites me. And then Sarah's like, or my daughters are like, oh my gosh, we're getting bitten. I was like, oh, there's bugs out here biting? And they're like, Ugh. So We're having our patio put in because part of our backyard's been dirt mm-hmm. forever. And um, 
I'm like, man, we'll be able to go sit outside. And my wife was like, oh, yeah, and get bit by mosquitoes. I was like, shut up. <laughs> I don't want, I don't care. Get one of those bud zappers thing. <laughs> psst, 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 psst. Uh, so we found out a few years ago, if you have a fan, uh-huh. they won't go near it because they can't fly against it. Really? Yeah. So I have a friend. He actually has two fans on his, uh, he has a deck, not uh-huh. a patio. Um, he has two fans. And one he bought like this $20 mister thing. Yeah. Like, Mist it sprays water at you. Uh-huh. Yeah, like yeah. like in Kings Island, he bought one and put it on one of them. So he sits out on his patio like with the fan and like mist blowing over him the whole time. Okay, that's kind of awesome. I was like, that's yeah, that's, that's kinda... pretty smart. And I, you're not hot either. And what's funny is I can't say the name of the fan company because we have the clean designation, but it's oh. the Big Donkey Fan Company. That is awesome. That's the name of the fan he has. <laughs> I liked how you emphasized the ash trees that yes. fell, yes. and I was like, oh, I, I can see because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get us in trouble. <laughs> no, it already went through my mind. Um, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, like that joke. What's um, What's the last thing through a bug's mind? Oh yeah, when what's he hits the a window? What's the last thing that goes through a bug's head when he hits your windshield? His butt. His butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dad joke. Uh-huh. Right there. That's a. <laughs> I don't know too many jokes. Um, you know that one. I know that one. Oh, there, well, there's another one. Um, and, and I don't know if I, I think I'd be, no, I'd be allowed to go ahead and, so <laughs> what, what did the fish say when he hit the wall? Oh, I know that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn. Was the, the one I just heard was, um, like three guys are in a pub in England. Uh-huh. There's an English guy, a French guy, and a, a Irish guy. And they all order a pint of beer. And the English guy looks down and goes, oh, there's a fly in my beer. I need a new one. And the French guy says something in French. He's like, I need the new one. There's also a fly in my beer. And the Irish guy picks up the fly and he goes, you spit that out. That was my latest. That I All right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Any, any other real jokes? I, I don't know. I, I just... Yeah. I know a lot. No, I just can't think of any. Yeah, uh, I think those are really the only two jokes I know. It's horrible. What was the, the two snakes are walking through the forest mm-hmm. and the first one goes, hey, are we poisonous? And the second one goes, I don't know why. He goes, because I just bit my tongue. <laughs> okay, that's kind of, that is definitely a I guess it'd be joke. venomous. Are we venomous? Venomous. Sorry. sorry the, yeah, I've never man, understood like, when people are like, is it venomous or poisonous? It's like, if do you die? That's what I want to know. Ve- venomous means it has the ability to give venom. Okay. So like a snake would shoot venom into your veins when it bites you. Okay. Poisonous would mean like if you licked it, it poisoned you and you died. Oh, okay. So most, I don't know of any, maybe some toads that are poisonous, but no snakes. Okay. So snakes are all so, venomous. Yes. Because they bite you and then you die. Yeah. No, snakes are venomous. Yeah, so I just said. Oh, I think. did you? I think. I mean, I guess we really could rewind to find out, but. Yeah, but then I'd have to stop rewinding. Yeah, and, and then you have to figure out how to take yeah. four. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, this is the dad joke episode. <laughs> I know. I don't think I could ever lick a snake. Like, why would you even do that? I'd, I'd, or a frog. Why did, would you lick a frog? Have you ever heard of Alone, the TV show Alone? Alone? Yeah. No. So, I don't know how many years ago, Joe and I got stuck watching it. It became like our summer, like, show. Mm-hmm. And we watch after the kids go to bed. Yeah. It's on, like, uh, Hulu, I think. Okay. And they always show the prior year's one the next summer. Yeah. So that's like what we've been watching. Okay. And like some of the things that people eat on there are insane. Yeah, there we go. So we had a quick little side interruption. But yeah, alone, they eat random things and my wife and I are like, we could never do that. Yeah. 
And sometimes it'll be like, they can't eat that in this environment because there's parasites that will eat their insides. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know what. So it's basically as we're falling asleep, it's like, what's happening? And then I go upstairs and read and fall asleep. And she asked me the next day, so who who left? Because <laughs> they tap out on their own. It's basically uh, who can last the longest in okay. the wilderness. Okay. And they get like no food, no water, and they can bring like 10 items. And and I hear that, I think I've heard about that show before. Yeah. And then they, they can tap out, or if like they have doctors that come in. Yeah. And, they and tell them like the you're doctors too... can say you're done yeah. or, okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard about that. So um, I didn't know the name of the show, but someone was telling me about that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's fine. Alone just sounds like a horror TV show. Alone. I'm alone. You know who's not alone? The Ammonites. Oh, yeah, they are not alone. They're about to be nuked. Right. Wait, spoiler. Chapter 25 of Ezekiel. Yes. Ammonites about to get theirs. So we have um, a little bit of an intermission. Um, if you remember um, from... Two weeks ago, um, or when you heard the chapter 24 post. Yeah. Um, no, that should be right, because I've scheduled them now. Oh, nice. No okay. more long breaks for podcast. All right. We're back in. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you remember, we left off with uh, God's wrath has finally come. Um, Jerusalem is finally being destroyed. Um, and uh, we kind of, oh, Ezekiel can speak. So we've got kind of a lot of changes and really, we're kind of in that place of, ooh, what's going to happen next? Like, what, a, you know, Ezekiel, man, he's been doing all kinds of stuff. And there's a whole lot more chapters than just 25. So what's next? Mm-hmm. And instead of finding out what's next, we get to wait till around chapter 33. And we get kind of like an intermission session um, from chapter 25 through about chapter 32-ish. And then 33, we kind of jump back into to a little bit of a happier Ezekiel than the Ezekiel we started off with. I didn't say fully happier, a little bit happier. I'm like, I guess of the demise of his enemies, sure. Oh, no, after. Tw- <laughs> oh, after. So oh, once okay. we get into okay, 33, okay, yeah. yeah. Not here. Sorry, I was like. Um, no, no, no. So once we hear at 33, things get a little bit happier. I was like, I mean, I'm sure knowing that Ish. you have the upper hand, you're happy, but. Well, I mean, you got some dry bones, new yeah. life being brought. I mean, I'm so getting a stuff. tattoo of that seems <laughs> so. So, yeah, but in the meantime, um, you might actually be a little bit happier here. Um, can I start off with kind of an intermission thing? What do you mean? Well, I liked how Chris explains this. Chris Wright explains um, kind of the in between. Yes. Yeah, he's still here. All right. After the intense, tragic narrative of chapter 24 with its concluding prediction that a messenger would come with the news of the fall of the city, we would like to read straight to hear or on to hear of his arrival and the reaction to the news of itself. But instead, like the exiles themselves, we must sit and wait and wait. And while we wait, Ezekiel will treat us to a selection of his alternative poetry oracles aimed in a different direction um, from all that has gone before. In a few months, he will embark upon a very different and more positive pastoral message and ministry, but we need a breathing space to prepare for such a transition. Um, These are the words that filled the silence of the exiles, waited in agony during the months of the siege of Jerusalem, doubtless hearing a mixture of news and rumors on the Babylonian grapevine, and so apparently they fill the editorial gap between the announcement of the beginning of the siege and the news of the terrible end. Well, there you go. That seems so happy. I know. So, 
Uh, should we go into the reading, or... Yeah. All right. Oh, I hit a button. Just kidding. No, you're fine. Carry on. I'll okay. figure out what button I hit. Oh, hit two buttons. It's not affecting the recording. It's affecting me. Oh, okay. That's it. So we have, we're going to start off um, chapter 25 um, of Ezekiel 1 through 7. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that looks good. All right. Through the headings. Yeah. Um, ESV. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face towards the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus says the Lord God, because you said, ah, over my sanctuary when it was profaned and over the land of Israel when it was made desolate and over the house of Judah when they went into exile. Therefore, behold, I am handing you over to the people of the east for a possession and they shall set their encampments among you and make their dwellings in your midst. They shall eat your fruit, and they shall drink your milk. I will make Rabbah a pasture for camels and Ammon, Ammon, a fold for flocks. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For thus says the Lord God, because you have clapped your hands and stamped your feet and rejoiced with all the malice within your soul against the land of Israel. Therefore, behold, I have stretched out my hand against you and will hand you over as plunder to the nations. And I will cut you off from the peoples and will make you perish out of the countries. I will destroy you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Yay. Happy Mm. again. Absolutely. So happy. But actually, though... I wonder if they are a little bit happier. Um, well, when you think about it, though, like most of the time, um, this might give them a little bit more hope than what they had before, um, because now they kind of it's reassurance that, that God is not just acting against Israel, but also acting against their enemies as well. Mm-hmm. So although in this phase where they see, or this time period when they see Jerusalem being destroyed, they see judgment being brought against Israel, they're actually also seeing judgment be brought against some of their longest enemy, their longest time enemies um, throughout, well, Israel's history. Mm. I, he's still being their protector i guess right well yeah and this is um this chapter is i was trying to find his name my dude one of my two common you know what i can see it right here i can quit being lazy because i actually have my computer with me uh, gosh this is entertaining isn't it people kind of looks up the names of people Easy. Uh, Ian Duguid. 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 Oh. D U G U I D. Uh, in the NIV application commentary, um, he explains that this section, if we were to uh, try and understand a little bit about it, would be a good time to explore delayed judgment. Hmm. Um, so he's delaying judgment on Israel for so long, so or not on uh, Israel, but on like the Ammonites and five other uh, nations here, cities, whatever, people groups, nations. Yes. Species. So all of the above. <laughs> um, Maybe not species. Species. Five species. We've turned this into a sci-fi <laughs> thing now. Um, he's delaying judgment uh, on these people groups. There you go. Uh, and that's also not only a sign of 
God's patience, but also his mercy. Because he's perpetually giving a chance for Israel to, and Judah, to return to what he wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. um, And hopefully reach out to these nations and be that shining light to them so that they can turn. Uh, But he's also uh, being merciful to the nations themselves hoping that they'll change and, you know, come to him as well. So there's like this, this whole chapter in a presence con, present context would be like how Christians might feel uh, maligned or persecuted or whatever it happens to be. Not so much in, in the United States, but, you know, like someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like how God is delaying his wrath on mankind as he... in. First Peter, mm-hmm. where he says um, he's delaying his wrath so that more may come to him, so that like um, oh gosh, not gonna, I'm so. We were talking about COVID. I think I still have some COVID brain. One oh. Peter three. We're looking it up. <laughs> do 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 do. Oh, I was in the wrong. Uh, Whoever loves his life, whoever. Need a second Peter. Is one of the Peters? So in the meantime, um, Ammon and Moab um, were the sons of Lot, the nephew of Abraham. Um, I guess the incestuous circumstances of their birth. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, just Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise if some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not wishing that any would perish, but that all should reach repentance. All right. Phew. Okay. Yes, let's go back to lots of incest. <clears throat> um, uh, the births and the <laughs> poise, Israel's perception of their descendants. Deuteronomy records that the efforts were made to avoid conflict with them during their journey in the wilderness um, to Canaan um, prior before the uh, conquest. Um Yahweh granted their land to them as he granted Israel's land to them. Um, They were banned from belonging um, to, they were not allowed to be part of their sacred assembly of Israel um, because they had been inhospitable to the needs of Israel in the wilderness. Moab tried to put a curse on Israel. You know, sometimes that that doesn't help out a little bit. Yeah, that can Um, definitely make... Um, they made they they made fun of Israel, um, saying that they will never live up to to what God had had made them to be. Um, they got into idolatry, um, immorality, and that's kind of um, yeah that, that that kind of leaves them on the on the you deserve wrath. I think part of the judgment here. What one thing that I actually thought was kind of funny in a way was the word aha here yeah uh translates from the word aha oh wow <laughs> it, that literally is like the hebrew word really and it's sense it literally means a joyous expression oh. uh, it was synonymous with uh like any passage talking about cheering in ancient times okay it literally is like especially during uh a military victory. Okay. That's, I don't know. I thought that's kind of funny. Yeah, like, that is. That's a pure Hebrew word right there. Yeah. Ah, ah. And so basically they were rejoicing over, they were rejoicing over the fall of Israel and... Mm-hmm. Over the um, profane sanctuary of yeah. the Jewish people. So it was basically 
uh, you know, yeah, God's holy ground, his holy people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were excited. Uh, if I recall, so this one or the other one, essentially they were rejoicing. Nope, it's the other. It's Moab, um, which we'll get to in eight. Yeah, so this is Lot's mm-hmm. uh, younger daughter who became the Ammonite nation. Mm-hmm. So if you don't recall, Lot uh, was in Sodom? Yes. <laughs> or, uh, and he's leaving uh, with his wife and two daughters, and his wife turns back to look. God turns her into a pillar of salt. And his daughters are like, man, now we ain't never going to find no dudes. So they decide to... Uh, make children with their dad so they get him drunk passes out it's gross it's all rapey gross they have kids with their dad and that's gross I just use the word incestuous yeah it's gross (laughs) Um, and uh, his younger daughter ends up the people the Ammonites Mm -hmm. and in the end they basically turn their back on God and their righteous uncle Lot and the lineage of his brother Abraham or uncle Uncle Abe. Well, yeah. it was Abe's nephew. So no, I don't even understand that family tree and, anymore. And we see how it ends today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like their he's their uncle slash great uncle. Does it get kind of weird when you get into some of the you know, the incestuous type stuff. Yeah, like, what happens there? It's gross. There's a long time ago. <laughs> Where's there, that word again? Gross. There's a song in a movie, and they sang, I'm my own grandpa. Can't what remember. Do you watch on TV? I can't remember <laughs> what movie that was. It's an old, old movie. Um, I don't remember. It was, it was definitely one that made fun of something else. And they sang this song about, I'm my own my grandpa, and then it gets into, my brother is my sister. I, I don't even remember the, the words, but... Now i got to remember what that is. Oh, it's been so long. All right. Anyway, so that has nothing to do with God's yeah. judgment other than maybe there's some incestuous stuff in that song. So, so after their big aha, it became a big parish fest. I will destroy you. <laughs> I, mean, I just like the point blank of the words. What are you doing? Looking up the song on my own grandpa. <laughs> You're um, me like you're guilty. <laughs> like you're guilty of being your own grandpa. <laughs> um, so beyond that, um, should we go on to Moab? Or? Do you, yeah, do 8 through 11. All right. Thus says the Lord God, because Moab and Sire said, Behold, the house of Judah is like all the other nations. Therefore, I will lay open the flank of Moab from the cities, uh, from its cities on its frontier, the glory of the country... Beth Jashimoth? Yep. Baal Meon? Meow? Meow? And Kiriathayim? <laughs> See, that's why you make me read. I will give it along with the Ammonites to the people of the East as a possession, that the Ammonites may be remembered no more among the nations. And I will execute judgments upon Moab. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So, the Jeshimoth, so the Hebrew Beth uh, literally means daughter of, so that city was named after the daughter of Jeshimoth. I'm assuming that Baal, I'm sure Meown is something gross. Yeah. It's Baal. Yeah, I was going to say anything that starts Baal. 
bail me on. Um, Can I find anything? Yeah, I'm looking. There's a lot of bales. Bale is essentially, uh, well. I mean, he was like the one of the main Canaanite gods. Right, but also the word. There's a lot behind this. I can't properly tell you what it means, but it's got roots in husbandry. Oh. But the Mayan, I can't find any anything on the suffix. So it's probably the deity, but it also has roots in like husbandry, landowner, citizenship, as well as the deity. So yeah, that's a lot. I can't. It would take me longer to come up with the, the name behind that. And I'll look up the Kershamash. I mean, so like. Looking up Hebrew um, is great because you can get, like, some quick words and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, like, a lot of it actually depends on the context it's used in and, like, where it appears in the in the word itself. Um, so you can't just say, oh, that translates this and be and get away with it. Like, you have to really know, like, where's it. Like this, for example, um, I can't pronounce it. The Kerithoram, Kerithane. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, the... The root of that means village or town. Um, so you're looking at the town of... Oh, 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 I actually do know what this is. Um, oh, hold on a second. I've done. I've studied this before. I think last, when I did Ezekiel alone, I looked this up. Hold up, I should have made a note. Um, talk amongst yourselves. Did they have electronics when you studied Ezekiel on your own? No, but I had the same... Uh, commentary. Let me see if you still have notes. It's like a play on words for like cut off or something like that. Hold on. See, now I use two commentaries and I think that makes things worse. I think I'd do better with one Mm -hmm. and then going to the other instead of doing both at the same time. Yeah, I I feel like I think I had that same... I did, I studied 25 quite a while ago and then came back to it recently because... We got caught up, mm-hmm. and then um, I realized, oh no, because I usually use two different commentaries, and I didn't fully get through the the, the fullness of, of either one. I was working through them, and I'm like, oh no. So yeah, I think sometimes working with multiple commentaries really messes, at least messes with me as well. Um, it literally means like, it's like a play on for the words of like, um, the best in the land or the glory of the land. So he's basically saying from, um, uh, from the cities, uh, from its cities on the frontier, the glory of the country. And then he names basically the three biggest cities. And the that one Carathium basically mm-hmm. means the best of all the these cities listed. Oh wow! So it's basically saying like I'll get this. It would be like if we were saying like um, God would put judgment on like you know Cleveland and Dayton and Cincinnati. Oh, okay. like I'm assuming that Cincinnati is the best city at all. Right, right. That's or, right. Or or like if he was to say like Cincinnati, Seattle, and uh, New York City. Okay. Like he, he's basically targeting the the pride of the nation. More so than a specific city. He's saying like the the but I thought there's more I thought there's more of a 
I'm not going to dwell on it too much. But yeah, essentially he's saying it's he's it's not an actual city. He's saying like I'm going to take out well, it's not a city with a place. He's basically saying I'm going to take out the best of your entire land. Okay. So, either way, they're screwed. Yeah. Okay. He's going to take out their big <laughs> cities including the most glorious of all their cities. Right. All so. right. So, yep. Sucks to be Moab. Yeah. Uh, Moab. So he says he'll lay open the flank of Moab. Uh, Moab was a city on the side of a mountain. And they determined that the cliff was so sheer on one side of them that they had a natural defense built in. So they didn't have to wall it off from enemies because they figured they were safe. And God's saying, oh, no, I'm going to lay that bare. And the people that attack you are going to come up that way and they're going to destroy you. Basically, they're going to be so, like, the, the opponent is going to be so strong that your, like, unattackable portion will be the part that they attack and destroy. Nice. Um, and it assumes that this is coming, the attack would be coming from, like, the northwest of the city. I don't know if that matters or not. Um, for that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, where is, is that the other part? There, within the... Um, there's something called the Mesha Stone, uh, where yeah, this might be the oh okay, um, the king of Moab says, "Behold, the house of Judah is like all other nations." Um, what he's saying is that they attacked Judah before, and they won. So obviously their god is fake. Mm. So that's what the stone he gives credit <clears throat> to their god Chemosh and says like our god is obviously real because he destroyed. Judah, which was the elect people that should that were supposed to be like God's chosen one, so apparently they're not. Okay. So God is like doubly angry at Moab for not only like being used as God's tool for judgment, but mm-hmm. also saying that it was something that they did. Oh. So he's going to destroy them, most likely with Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. So yeah, I was gonna say he's kind of the the main guy right now that's kind of helping to take out some of these places. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, don't 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 pretend that like God ain't real, because you know he'll have some double, super triple vengeance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna stick with the. Uh, you want the normal vengeance? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Or or whatever great tribulation I have to deal with, it's in Revelation. I'll I'll stick with the. Hopefully none. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, prophecy against Edom. Thus says the Lord, so it's um, chapter 25, verse 12 through 14. Thus says the Lord God, because Edom acted revengefully against the house of Judah and is grievously offended in taking vengeance on them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will stretch out my hand against Edom and cut off from it man and beast, and I will make it desolate from Teman even to Dedan. They shall fall by the sword, and I will lay my vengeance upon Edom by the hand of my people Israel. And they shall do in Edom according to my anger and according to my wrath. And they shall know my vengeance, declares the Lord God. Hmm. Well, Edom was much closer, uh, had much closer kinship ties to Israel. Um, the tradition traced the ancestry of both nations back to the twin sons of Isaac, um, Esau the elder, and Jacob. Uh, this caused beef between the two nations, uh, kind of a microcosm of the real deal of kind of what really happened. Um, efforts were made to avoid confrontation during their march in the pro- to the Promised Land, uh, with the argument focused on obligation in of kinship. Um, 
that kind of didn't go as planned. Um, unlike the other two nations, uh, Deuteronomy uh, remarkably called on the Israelites not to abhor Edomites, since they were their brothers, um, and to grant them permitted access to the sacred assembly if requested by the third generation. Um, that is the grandchildren of the Edomite who settled in Israel, um, uh, and they would be allowed to become members of the covenant community. Um, not the dominant thought in Israel during their kind of rocky history. Um, during Ezekiel's time, uh, the relationships between these nations were dominated by Babylon and Egypt. Um, Egypt eventually got taken over um, by Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar took over most of the Syri-Palestinian region. Um, other nations either sided with Babylon um, or they worked together to defend, defend themselves against Babylon. Um, the Ammonites and Moabites joined with Nebuchadnezzar to attack um, Israel, and Israel eventually falls. And one thing that um, in verse 12 it says that um, thus the Lord God, because of Edom, acted revengefully against the house of Judah and has grievously offended in taking vengeance on them. Um, this sentence, it's kind of a tongue twister. It's a mouthful in English. Um, it's essentially pointing to the fact that Edom continually over and over was like extracting their revenge. Mm -hmm. So they kept going back for more and like they didn't know when to like, like they're completely bitter in their hearts every time. And they, there was never a, okay, we've gotten our vengeance. It's like, no, it would be like if you're, you know, you had a neighbor who like, accidentally dented your car and they said they were sorry but you're still so mad at them that every day you went over and like you know broke out their headlights and the next day you slashed their tires and the next day you like poisoned their dog and you know like you just kept it going that's essentially what Edom was doing to Israel there's no real they were relentless in their vengeance and it was happening continually which would have gone against pretty much anything Deuteronomy focused when you're talking about um Kind of Goodness. how, right, so when you're talking about paying back something, it had to be, there's kind of that equal opposite side of it, and it sounds like they just kind of kept going and going with it. Right. Yes. They sucked. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it. But yeah, they, they, they definitely had a rocky history. Yeah. Um, didn't, didn't end too well. Yep. Yeah. Um, I had. Yeah. You want to All right. hit up those familiar Philistines? All right. How you say? All right. Thus says the Lord God, because the Philistines acted revengefully and took vengeance with malice of soul to destroy and never ending. I hate that word. I can never say it. Enmity. Thank you. Now I can't either. Enmity. Enmity. And I can never and say that word. Never. There, I sat there and geared up for a second to say it, and then it came out. <laughs> I have to practice, and eventually after I try all the different pronunciations, yeah, then I eventually get it. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will stretch out my hand against the Philistines, and I will cut off the... I don't think I've ever known how to say that one. Sherathites? Sherathites? Hard C. Huh? Hard C. Hard C. Okay. It would be a little guttural. It would be charith like charithite, like mm -hmm. charithites. Uh -huh. um, it's Crete. 
the Isle of Crete. Oh, okay. And destroy the rest of the seacoast. I will execute a great vengeance on them with wrathful rebukes. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. So the the big point about this is uh, essentially the Philistines, you may remember from many, many other Old Testament passages, Mm -hmm. uh, especially at the founding of the nation of Israel. Um, According to Professor Dan Dyke and uh, Professor Mark Zies, uh, the sea people, the uh, Cretans, which would essentially be the Philistines, uh, migrated south, and they were some of the first to work with metals like iron um, and to use weapons of iron, (laughs) which you think iron's a heavy freaking... Mm-hmm. metal um, rock and or roll uh, so they basically came down and migrated and became one of uh, Judah's primary enemies but they were one of the few that were not Semitic in nature or originating from the land of Canaan they actually originated from uh, the north and they, people thought them to be weird because they had different fighting styles different armor styles different weapon styles that other nations didn't really have at the time which made them rather formidable when it came to battle because they, they weren't doing the typical well i was gonna say i think um they had a reputation of not being necessarily very intelligent and yet right. it was actually they were actually a much more intelligent um group of people than are always given credit for um i, I did not know necessarily that their 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 fighting styles were that Different, but I wonder if that's kind of where that that ended up coming from. Some argue that outside of Egypt, they were one of the few to use uh, chariots in battle. Really? So, okay. take that as you will. Um, other things that they did, like their gods, their pantheon of gods were different than the Canaanite gods. Like they worshipped Dagon as their primary being as opposed to Baal. So there's a lot of, they, they're kind of an interesting people uh, to study. But they uh, basically were like the thorn in the Israelite side since, I mean, Samson, I think, might have been the first appearance. Did, did Joshua ever fight the Philistines? Or was it not until, it might not have been until Samson. I don't remember they, them and Joshua. I'm not saying they, they right. weren't. There's a lot of Semitic, like a lot of Canaanite yeah. tribes and cities. So there's Judges is like very early on before Israel had a king and David continues fighting against them and quote unquote with them. Uh, Hezekiah fights them. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you're getting into Hezekiah, you're still very far into the monarchy. I mean, Israel's been Israel was a well-established nation by Hezekiah. Yeah, you've only got a couple more kings in Judah after him. Right, and by established nation, it's already been split. It's already Israel and Judah by the time Hezekiah rolls around. Oh well, yeah, because I think there's only so, what two or three more kings after Hezekiah to before the fall. Isn't Hezekiah's son like one of the main perpetrators of the fall of the kingdoms? Yeah, was it? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're getting pretty... Is it Manasseh? And then Josiah? Is it that or... Like Jerome or Jerome or Jerome? Yeah, but I I don't think they were always seen as legit. I I do too, somewhere. I need to dig that back up. Man, it's been too many years. Yeah. I need to go back and read. 
I knew it before I moved, and now I if, don't know where it is. If you like narrative and can stomach some lists, read Joshua through Chronicles. Mm-hmm. It's great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. There's a lot of narrative, so you get a lot of story breaks, but you also get like king lists mm-hmm. and some genealogies that can be a little bit eh. Yeah. Like hard to hard to get through with mm-hmm. a lot of big names. Yeah. Um, as you hear us like, is it generation by generation? <laughs> like, but yeah, it's great stuff. Um, but yeah, so the Philistines have a history, like Edom yeah. and Ammonites, like of being a perpetual pain. Yeah. To Israel and Judah. Mm-hmm. So they were not great. And probably more so. But th- this is the end of them, right? Like I'm pretty sure this is where. Babylon yeah. rules the world. Well, Babylon took out a lot of people. I mean, right. I mean, Israel included um, during this time period. So right, yeah. So um, yeah, th- th- this will be it for them. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, until they're. I mean, obviously, like when they're reestablished, and Paul mentions the Cretans, and mm-hmm. we still have the nation of or Isle of Crete. Yeah. Um, today, so but yeah, the the dynasty if you want to call it that the might of the philistines will be completely yeah cut off at this point so yeah and and no we're not done with the countries that that are going to experience god's wrath um yeah th- this is the first group of six but this is five of them because mm-hmm. next comes tyre yeah t-y-r-e not t-i-r-e and then we've got egypt in there i think too right yeah, which is funny because I thought by, which is might be why where I'm confused. By the time Ezekiel rolls around, Egypt is almost a a joke of a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, they went through. Uh, Didn't Babylon take Egypt out also? Well, I guess. Well, Egypt becomes very small and broke, but were they? I thought the Assyrians were laid the major blow first. But by this time, I thought Egypt was already pretty dinky. Because um, I think that was like kind of the running joke as to why would Israel go to them for help against these other yeah. nations when Israel itself, or sorry, Egypt itself was like crap. And that's the technical term. Yeah, the I like term. that, yeah. But, um, Hebrew. But basically, it would be like if um, you would liken it to you were abused by a girl, you, Scott. Mm-hmm. That girl beat the crap out of you. And um, you left her and you married Sarah, mm-hmm. your wife, and you decided that Sarah wasn't good enough, so you went back to this girl, but you found out that she was a meth addict now, had no money, was broke, and barely had any teeth. But for some reason, you thought like getting help from her would be good. Okay. That's basically like why it's such a joke that the Israelites would go back and try and forge alliances with Egypt, because by the time they go back to them, Israel is a, like a methed out hooker, like that has no... Okay ability to actually offer them anything good so they're going back to their abuser and their abuser really is at this point a skeleton of who they were so the assyrians prior. took out the major blow i think so. but babylon Don't me on that, but i'm pretty sure but babylon took them out right egypt no egypt maintained so egypt would go through uh until alexander the great but they got taken over though babylon majority ruled egypt no Maybe. I don't have to really I, look into that. I don't, yeah. yeah, I'd have to double check. I thought yeah. e- you might be right, but I thought Egypt stood until Alexander the Great took over, which uh, would still be another bunch of years. Yeah, 
I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I can't. Don't quote me. Uh, no, I gotta look into I'm that Googling now. I'm it. curious. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, well, I mean. I'm doing a quick Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> oh, Wikipedia. Oh yeah, that would definitely get. Hopefully, it's got a timeline of some kind. Good, accurate. Prehistory in ancient Egypt. That's what we want to see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care about their ancient Greek names. Do, do, do. So we're getting into a lot of history in this. Uh, the 25 through 33 is... There's... Persians. That was Darius. So okay. we're close. So the Persians took him out. Yes, first. First. They were uh, uh, ruled by the Persians, looking for a date, until the 5th century, which is about here. Okay. And then the, uh, it will fall to the Persians again 200 years later. Okay. Man, they sucked. <laughs> so what would, did, did Babylon, because this would be the time during Babylon, what, what role did Babylon play in Egypt? Or is that a conversation that we have when we get to Egypt? I'm just trying to see if there's anything about Babylon ever. It doesn't look like Babylon ever got a shot with them. Because it went from Ptolemic to Roman rule. So it went basically like, um, like a Hellenistic state to Roman after that. Well, so it went from Greek essentially to it went from uh, Greek Greek rule to Roman rule. Okay, with nothing in the middle. Well, I see. Well, next week we'll get into. Um, yeah, if you're not, a historian and you week, want to argue with me, send yeah. me an email. Chapter twenty nine, we get into some Egypt stuff. So maybe like yeah, maybe our commentaries yeah. will get into some. Our commentaries are getting some Egypt stuff where we can do some additional research to kind of find out where Egypt falls in that. Because, I mean... Yeah. Well, this is, I'm trying to pull out stuff from ancient Near East history with Dr. Sarah Fudge. Yeah. And I just remember that she was basically like, Egypt was awesome, Ramses II was great, and everything after him was eh. And then they got sort of big, but then they had a couple of pharaohs that like totally sucked. Including, I think, some that were basically, like, incestuous and just going to keep the kingdom together. And they got taken over and they were never the same again. But I can't remember who all that was. But I, I thought they basically died out until the Romans took over. Okay. So, until Alexander the Great came in and was like, yo, yo. Well, maybe in a couple of weeks we'll have some uh, yeah, better. updated Egypt. Yeah. I could be way wrong. You're the history teacher. Yeah, that doesn't mean I know everything about history. Yes, it does. I know your type. That's <laughs> I, you're... I wish I was allowed to teach this stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd be like, yes. Um, but I'm not allowed to teach anything overly fun. Um, I know, I know. But anyway, um, common theme, um, God's wrath uh, will come against those that had issues and beef with Israel. Um, whether you at one time have um, history... Um, ancestral history or you just didn't like them and liked big no i was gonna say guns but like big weapons it's almost the i mean it's almost the theme of the bible in the end god wins it doesn't matter how much you poke fun at his people how much you think you have victory over them um if you are mocking him and against him you're going to lose Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of when but we know as christians 
that God has mercy and like forgiveness is available at any time. Um, now don't get your Calvinist Arminius on me. I'm just saying, um, that there is mercy for those that hate is hate God. Like I'm, uh, I'm currently obsessed with this, uh, online video series where these two mobsters, former mobsters get to these shouting matches. Um, Sammy the Bull Gravano and uh, Michael Franzisis, uh, or Franzis, and uh, like basically Michael went to prison. His wife stayed with him, told him it was because she was a Christian and she couldn't leave him. That led to him uh, being saved. He's a Christian now. He writes about it, talks about it, preaches about it, whatever. Uh, Sammy the Bull Gravano is the opposite. He went to jail, became more embittered, and like is still in that mafioso kind of attitude. And they had a sit down where they are fighting back and forth. And one of the things they're fighting about is that Michael sent a text message to Sammy saying, Hey, we're in church today. And they encouraged us to pray for somebody that didn't know Jesus. So I prayed for you and Sammy got mad about it. But in, in the end, like there's potentially still mercy for Sammy, just as there was for Michael. Mm -hmm. I mean, both of them are guilty of like, who knows how many crimes that yeah. are known and unknown um but sammy the bull threw out a thing about six seven months ago saying that like i've been thinking a lot about it and i grew up religious and i feel like sometimes god is talking to me mm. so i'm like hmm this could be interesting but it's the same thing like no matter how atrocious your sin is or was like god could just be holding out for that mercy for you and that's a beautiful thing because, you know, to to each person, their own sin is ridiculously a dark and disgusting place. Yeah. Well, that makes justification that much more powerful, mm -hmm. realizing that I don't care who you are, Christian, not Christian, this is a clean podcast. You have a bunch of poopy um, in your background that and even as a Christian that you probably still um, go through. And it is um, by God's incredible grace um, that we have any opportunity to be justified and to be in relationship with God. And so um, Paul seems like pretty freaking awesome. And even he says he's got no room to brag. Um, we, we should get matching tattoos. We should get inside our bicep just for grace. Okay, I'm Right there. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Let's just remember the word grace and then... Uh, you know, I've got a new tattoo artist. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Like, she, she just graduated and she's like, so look, she's like, I'll give you discounts. Any, any discounts you want. I was like, all right, I'll take it. Um, so, yeah. Dude, come on. I'm looking to get some work done. Come yeah, on. I need like, to get look, work. look, this arm is almost full. Like, I'm running out of room. I got to get this one. just like, not even close to it. So, like, now that I get, like, a discount, I'm all about that. Yeah. Well, sorry to bore you guys. See, yeah. we, look, we almost got an hour out of these people. But um, thanks one, for listening. <laughs> one one common theme that I, I did that yeah, did sorry, stood out being was grace um, <laughs> so that you will know that I'm the Lord. Um, yeah, that continues to be what a couple times throughout chapter twenty six or twenty five, um, a ton of times throughout Ezekiel in general. Um, all of it is so that you will know that that I'm the Lord your God. So like that right there, I think is a powerful testament to there's something deeper going on than a bunch of well, what we read as wrath. Mm -hmm. um, God's trying to make a point, and he's trying to say, hey, guess what? I'm here. I'm powerful. Um, 
Yes. And he protects his people. Heck yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.